Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. Hi, Noelle. What is up? Hi there. What's happening? Hi there. Um, Good. We didn't forget how to start this. That's right. Yeah. Hey, audience, this is a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Ghosts. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Tis the season for ghosting. Uh, we're coming into the fall season, which if yeah. everyone knows is uh, the time in which... Uh, the curtain is pulled back between the uh, the world of the dead and the world of the living. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Or as I like to call it all the time. <laughs> yes. No, I like that about you. you. Yeah. You carry the spirit of spooky <laughs> all throughout the year. I recently bought this um, really cute sweater that has a spider web on it. On the, oh. It's on the shoulder corner. Oh. No, it's really cute. Well. Um, and I want to wear it all the time. Uh. But I'm like, is this appropriate to wear at work right now in <laughs> September? <laughs> I've had to with- refrain. Uh, I but. should say this just to just to bring us into uh, – we're at the ghost studio right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I peeped something that Noelle got in the mail. Uh, she got the brand new uh, issue of – Fangoria. Yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> Which is a gore magazine. Yeah, they they've brought... and by the way, not Al Gore, like a like a gory film <laughs> <laughs> magazine. Because right. I would have the Al Gore magazine probably. Or not Tom Gore wine, which I've drunk on the show previously. Yeah, uh, and also I would actually I would send back the Al Gore magazine and I would say, here's an inconvenient shoot truth. Put it online. You're, was- oh. you're wasting paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh, now I feel bad about this Fangoria oh, magazine. Well done. I you need all the you need the glossy pictures of uh, what is that disgusting image? Uh, this is um an image from the uh, new Creep show that they're Ugh. they're making. The pages are so thick. Yeah, they are. Um, they spared no trees in the making of they this. They did not. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. They just uh, they just started remaking Fangoria. They they brought the company back. They're Producing a bunch of movies. It's all very, very exciting for me. That's fabulous. Yeah. I see you flipping through that. What's the what's the main smells new. What's the <laughs> <laughs> Is that a little boy in a coffin? Um, a suitcase? A suitcase, yeah. This is from Creep Show. That's gross. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, the man in the suitcase is the name of the cause you know Creep Show is a bunch of like shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I used to watch uh well, there was a... It's John Carpenter, right? Uh, it was back in the day? I th- I should know this. Maybe maybe Sam. Um, but there was a uh, movie on HBO, Creep Show. They used to watch yes. it all the time when I was a little kid. Yes. It was awful. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's based... <laughs> well, it's based on Stephen King shorts. There was also... I, I watched a lot of Tales from the Crypt. Me too. Love the Creep Master. Or the, the Crypt Master. I did not. Love that guy. Yeah, sort of reminded me of a distant relative who, you know, when, you're, <laughs> when you're a little kid, everybody wants to kiss you. And they are always like, you're so cute. Anyway. It always reminded me, the Crypt Master always reminded me of that old guy from um, Poltergeist 2. Yeah. You know? Me? The For me? Guy? It's just my Aunt Sadie. <laughs> Who <laughs> also not really an aunt. That's fair. It, That's it's f- like when you have a big family, you're not really quite sure. Right. There's right. yeah. There's a long. Did uh, I lose you to this magazine? <laughs> you guys know I was just reading. Well, there's an interview with Bill Hader and Finn Wolfhard from about it too. They're the the second part, which I'm hearing 
nothing but terrible things about. Which it is too, the iterating? Yeah, the iterating. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> the reiteration. <laughs> All right, I'll put this away. Uh, More later. Is it, is it terrible? I've heard that it's pretty bad. But Wasn't this that was, always the case, though? The, like the first part's almost like more interesting, and then the second part? Well, the first part's so good, and that's how it was when they did the made-for-TV made yeah. movie, um, which I remember watching as a child with my mother. Um, I watched it as a child, and then I had two weeks of, of sleeplessness. Yes. And uh, then a... Um, one might say debilitating, debilitating fear of clowns. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I... I we, I think that like our generation got real fucked on the clown side of things. We definitely did. <laughs> well, so between Poltergeist and it, I was not having. Yeah, it. well, you know which clown always got me, and, and this is actually true. Um, do you remember that episode of Scooby Doo when they go to the circus and Daphne is the clown is hypnotizing Daphne and she's got to walk the tightrope? <laughs> that clown is creepy as fuck. Not in the least. Yeah, but man, also audience, <laughs> no, I'll just walk the tightrope. <laughs> This is how you do it, right? So much you miss by not being able to see this. One of these days we will uh, we'll do some kind of live stream. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, we should we should uh, get back on track just a little bit. I'm okay, off the rails. I yeah. apologize. No. Um, so this is a drinking show. Yep, and uh, we are sponsored by booze companies. Um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> in the way that we drink their booze and yeah, they don't give us money. Yeah, and we money. talk about it. Yeah. And then we try not to shit on the booze that we're drinking. Right. Yeah. So speaking of which, I am drinking today. Or what are you drinking? Uh, oh, I'm drinking uh, Velvet Moon Cabernet. Velvet Moon. The man in the moon has class. Oh, my God. Yeah? That sounds like, it sounds like that Kevin Spacey movie from, like, 15 years ago that, that like, now no one's talking about. Apex? Is that what you call Kevin Spacey? No, no I'm just kidding. I know it's a movie. That's the name of the movie. Velvet Moon, the man with class. <laughs> the man in the moon has class. Oh. Velvety class. Is it tasty? I like it. Yeah. You can get this at your local Trader Joe's. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's one of their cheaper wines, but it's good. <laughs> That's why you go there, right? Yeah. Hashtag Velvet Moon. You just can't. <laughs> Speaking of cheaper <clears throat> alcohols. I am drinking Coors Light. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> the silver bullet. The, the silver boulet. That is right. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound so nice. I, know. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is uh, fresh. Mm-hmm. It's got that thing that tells you when it's cold to drink, right? The mountains turn a color. I can't from this can I can't tell if that's true. <laughs> You're just drink, drinking lukewarm. I'll tell you about Coors Light. <laughs> lukewarm Coors Light. Coors. Who? Somebody brought Coors Banquet to my birthday party, and I was like, "Who drinks this?" It and might have been me. Did I bring? Did I do that? Are you calling me out? No, I didn't even know that that was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it, he, here's the thing. <laughs> Hashtag. It was on sale. <laughs> my so when we were kids, my mom used to manage the local liquor store slash video store. Um, okay. Fun fact. Um, I wanted you to do one more slash <laughs> slash <laughs> slash Army Corps of Engineers. <laughs> All three of those in one place. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. It was where the ROTC met in the back. Yeah, I love that. Um, the so we in would euchre. <laughs> we would every get every Wednesday. <laughs> For the ladies. Um, 
we would get uh, all of the like swag from the various distributors, liquor distributors. And one of one thing that was like our pride and joy was this football that was silver and it was called the silver bullet. It was oh. from Coors. So it was too big. It was actually an like not regulation size. Uh. Um, and we were kids, but that we loved that football. And I'm pretty sure that my parents still have it in the garage somewhere. Oh wow. Good old silver bullet. Yeah. 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 Well, you do. You have that. You have that giant right arm. You have the right arm of a quarterback. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can can throw a rocket. Well, my left arm is pretty much worthless, so I don't put any time into it. (laughs) But that right arm is a rocket. You can throw like whoa. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Perfect aim. And some good. Uh. Good baseball skills on you too. Sure. Yes. Formerly. (laughs) (laughs) No one's one's asking you for a pickup game. Okay. So. Question. Yeah. You. Are running this show today. I am running this show today. What is you talking about? Oh, wait. Oh, I do want to give a plug for a potential sponsor. Oh, okay. Um, I want to plug Sahala uh, Brewery. Yeah. Or actually, it's Sahala Ale House. Oh, sorry, Matt. I totally boned that. Wow. Up. God damn it. Let's <laughs> start one, over again. Day one of our sponsorship. <sighs> Sahala Ale House in Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, if you're up in that, that area, check it out. It's got a nice patio outside, a giant projector screen to watch the game, and some tasty, tasty beer. That's wonderful. Tell them what like Sounds like a place for me. You would like it there very much. I love beer. We have to take a trip up there. Yeah, my, it's my great. My beer choice today may not indicate that, but <laughs> if you have been following this show, <clears throat> I, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, craft beer fan, so yeah. any, any brewery it's, is a, a pal of mine. It's very good beer. It's... Um, uh, a friend of mine, um, this has been a dream of his for a really long time. I've known them for uh, a long, long time. Um, and so to see this come to fruition you know is... What, almost in life, 62 years? Yeah. <laughs> 62 year friendship. You know what? And they finally, you know, they finally got it off the ground, <laughs> which is really impressive. Um, but to see it to see it actually come to fruition is really, really exciting. Like when I walked into the place, I was like, I can't believe it's happening. Um, it's beautiful. It's nice. It's the beer is he makes tremendous beer. Um, so, uh, yeah, check it out. If you are in the Milwaukee area, it's just a little bit north of Milwaukee off of the uh, Highway 43. Hi, good old Highway 43. Good old Highway 43. Uh, Noel, I couldn't help but notice uh, one last thing, that you're wearing a Riot Fest t-shirt. I am, yeah. You uh, went to there. You went, You took me to the Riot Fest. Yeah. yeah. And? I, I mean, I used a porta potty <laughs> You which did. Which was crazy. <laughs> we all lived. Right? Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part? Uh, Jack White. Okay. Yeah, the raconteur is played. just love him so much. Mm-hmm. They did such... An amazing job. They're all such good musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite part. What was your favorite part? Um, f- from the day that we went or the whole weekend? Oh, snap. <laughs> I know it's. A... I assumed it would be from when we went. Uh, I, well, I definitely enjoyed our time together and we had a really fun time. But I think my favorite act that I saw was probably Anthrax. Oh, okay. It, they were super fun and uh, um, still have a ton of energy, and um, he sounded great. Um, Andrew kept going, Scott Ian keeps changing his guitar. And I was like, it's because he's playing so hard. He keeps knocking it out of tune. <laughs> like, he's just playing so hard. But like every other song, Andrew would be like, he's changing his guitar again. 
Um, and yeah. he was fascinated by it. But they were a lot of fun. I will say, when you uh, against me, I really liked them a yeah. lot. Yeah. And the drummer was like a, a little bit of a highlight for me. Yeah. I know I kept like saying that he had such a pretty smile. But yeah. He's a handsome man. So rare at Riot Fest do you see one smiling so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Um, but he was very smiley. Yeah, they yes, were great. We yes. got there. We got there just in time to see them. I'm kidding, Riot Festers. I love you. You're just indoor kids. So it's funny to see you. <laughs> it's funny to see you on Moss. <laughs> Outside, <laughs> right? But we saw um, we saw Patty Smith, and she played pretty much all covers. Oh my god, that was so weird! <laughs> so weird. fucking weird, Patty. <laughs> we we're like, you do have a catalog, yeah. of songs that you've written. Like, I was just like <laughs> singing along, and Noel turns to me and she goes, "You know, she could have done spoken word." <laughs> I was like, "I know." Don't yell at me. Yell at Patty. She was lovely, though. She looks great. She looked, yeah. She's like Patty. What a weirdo. Right. Like, I was like, her and Marky Ramone are like the only two that have survived from that era. Yeah. Basically. Uh, I read an article. And Mick Jones from The Clash. That they didn't mean to do, one of the covers they did, they didn't mean to do, but like. Oh, really? Patty just like left the stage. She did walk off the stage. She did walk off the stage. Yeah. That's why when I read it, I was like, I was wondering. (laughs) And then they just went into their memory and I was like, is is this a mashup or a medley? She was great. We saw the B fifty twos. They were so bad. Those <laughs> but, but, poor deers. I know, but they but the fact that they are I don't even know, like ninety seven and still performing. In the day. Well this is their they're done after this. Yeah, like this is their last tour, so it was cool call. to see them. Yeah, was, I, here's the thing. They looked great. I loved them when I was a kid. Yeah. But I had this conversation with somebody when they were, I was like, Oh, I saw the B fifty twos and they were like so nostalgic and they were like, I would have killed to see them and I was like, you know what? You're better off with your memories. Because they sounded so It, it was a little bad. rough. Their backing track sounded really it good. Was, yeah. <laughs> but they're but And Kate Pearson, I used to like do uh, a ton of imitations of her because I loved her. Yeah. And I loved uh, everything she did with REM on uh yeah. at a time. Right. Um so yeah, it was kind of it was a little bit of a shock to see them not have any voices or rhythm or yeah, <laughs> they started they, they started have. off really strong, but I think they got a little tired. And at one point, remember Fred wandered off the Fred, stage. Fred left, and and when and they, they thought he thought they were going to do Rome. Do you remember this? Yes. And he wandered off, and and Kate went, Fred, come back. Fred, where are you going? <laughs> and and he was like, I forgot my glasses. I can't see anything without them. And yeah. it was like such a cute moment. I suppose. But you like I it was just I think it was cool to see them and have that opportunity. Um, I appreciated them a little I bit miss more the than the good I, old days when nostalgia used to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should have put them on a bigger stage too, because we were all crammed in there and it was a little much. But I digress. <laughs> right? No, didn't like the people we were next great, to. Great, great, great job. It was yeah, that's right. I was angry at them. There was so real quick. I know we need to get on. With this, but um, I mean, why? I you've already. I, I just kidding. We're going to talk about ghosts in a sec. I had told you the story um earlier that day. Uh, so my my dad, my parents were in town, and my dad and I were watching the CBS Morning Show, mm-hmm. and Mo Rocca was interviewing Angie Dickinson. So there's so many things about that one sentence alone. Because um, your response was, wait, Mo Rocca? And I was like, I know, that's what I thought, and too. And I was like, Angie Dickinson's alive? It's, yes. Which, I mean, God bless. But 
Mo Rocca asked Angie Dickinson um, her thoughts on the Me Too movement. And while he was asking her, she was shuffling a deck of cards and dealing it out to play a game of poker with him. And she paused and she looked down and she just kind of looked to the side and went, I don't care for it. And it was a very upsetting moment to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so later during the day in Riot Fest, I said to you, because it was a weird crowd on Sunday. I mean, and I was I guess. probably being, for me, it was a weird crowd. And I was probably being a little exclusive. And I said to Jay during the B-52s thing, because I was annoyed by some of the people to the right of us. And I went, in the words of Angie Dickinson, I don't care for it. <laughs> and that's been like my favorite thing to say all week. Mm-hmm. I don't care for it. Anyway. I do, I, I want to say something really fast about that. Uh, Angie Dickinson, I feel like, I feel like I, I just don't understand why she wouldn't pour the tea right now. I just don't get it. It's like if my gal Marilyn were alive, right. I would expect her to go, I don't know, maybe I'm Larry King so like two vampires can talk to each other. But like, yeah. And say, like, you know that Marilyn Monroe. Like, she would have been all Louis, over it. Well, Louis B. Louis B. Mayer, like, like they, I, I'm, I can't say what actually happened, but if you want to know, Louis B. Mayer totally defiled Marilyn Monroe in a very uh, not okay way. Yeah. So for Angie Dickinson to be like, I don't care for it. Women these days. I mean, maybe that's not what she was saying, but like she she basically said that you know I'm not there, so there's two there's two sides to every story. Yeah, bullshit. So. She knows what happened. Well, in this, if if you don't know who Angie Dickinson is, uh, she um, played opposite of Frank Sinatra in the original Ocean's Eleven. She was um, and Frank Sinatra was a terrible. He man. was a horrible womanizer. I know. I'm like in the Ghost Studio. Uh, there are photos of him and books about him because I'm a big fan. Sure. But he was a horrible womanizer. And who knows what kind of thing kinds of things he's done? Terrible things. But um, speaking of terrible things, she, he did terrible things to Marilyn Monroe. He did. He did. And in he and Angie Dickinson they had, had that, a like, brief little love nest in Lake Tahoe. Well, and he would like beat the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah. Well, the stuff he did to um, shoot, what's her face? Uh, Eva Gardner. Gardner, like yeah, Eva Gardner. Yeah, terrible he was just person. terrible. Like very jealous and possessive. He, like, treated these women like he, they were his trophies, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so she was she was in that. She was kind of like the other blonde bombshell with Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. She, um, But, like, her groundbreaking work was on a show called Police Woman, and it actually um, in, in influenced a lot of women to join the police force. There was a surge in women um, signing up for the police academy because of her. So that's why something like this is so shocking, because... She influenced so many women and was such a strong... I mean, without her, there would be no Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Without Cagney and Lacey, where's Law and Order? Yeah. Without Law and Order, where's uh, SVU? Right. SVU, is that right? Yeah, Law and Order SVU. For some reason, Riska I thought it SUV. She's been doing that show for 54 years. She really has. And Jane Mansfield was her mother. Was her mother. Former Speaking occultist. Of, uh, <laughs> Jane Mansfield, what a segue. What a segue Who indeed. Who we're going to get here. Yeah, former uh, Satanist. Yes. Jane Mansfield. Noel, you want to talk about some ghosts? I would love to talk about um, this. Let me have a little bit of Coors Light here. Okay. Sip, sip. Now I'm wondering, I've got two, and now I'm wondering if I should do the shorter one, because we've been talking for 20 minutes. Well, do the one packed with ghosts, because we haven't really talked about enough ghosts. Um. All right. Yeah, because this one... All right, today 
we're going to talk about, so I was recently in um, our favorite place, New Orleans. Yeah. And so, of course, that inspired me to look up some more New Orleans ghosts. Yeah. And um, I uh, decided to talk about the Ursuline Convent. Okay. Are you familiar? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> this is great. So good. So uh, if you if you're new to the show, Noel and I never tell each other what we're doing. So sometimes I literally give her the blankest look on earth. And I'll be like, I don't, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. But uh, New Orleans is a is a den of ghosts, ripe with ghosts. Ripe. Yes. Flush with them. One Flush. might say. Okay. Um, so in uh, 1726, <laughs> King Louis the Fifteenth of France decided that three Ursuline nuns from Rouen, you're going to have to like correct my French pronunciations, because as we know, I'm not good with the romantic languages. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a girl from Wisconsin trying to say these words. Um, uh, he decided that these, these nuns should go to New Orleans and establish a hospital for poor sick people and to provide education for uh, the young girls of wealthy families. So... He said three. Fourteen nuns went Mm -hmm. with two postulant sisters and three nuns from other towns. Um, And then in 1727, they founded the Ursuline Academy, which was the first boarding school in New Orleans. Um, There, they educated Catholic Hispanic girls and women from uh, wealthy Central and South American families. So it became a destination place um, for these kids um, and became quite popular uh, it began the first school of music in New Orleans. Let's let, let me put a pin in this for a second. So, uh, New Orleans in uh, 1727. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, New Orleans now is hot, but picture it. So hot, so filled with bugs, so filled with uh, uh, dysentery and typhoid mm-hmm. to go there as a young woman uh, even in the service of Christ is really to uh, almost sign a death warrant for yourself if you're going from France to uh, New Orleans right. you're experiencing something pretty major you're going to uh, a swampy crazy muggy place right. and I will say this as a woman in New Orleans at that time you're either married okay, or a, a religious worker or a sex worker Right. That's it. Well, so, right. Because was... I actually was, I was almost going to wink at you when you were like, he assigned three and 14 went. Uh, right. It's a pretty clear signal that some of these sisters may not have been sisters. Ah, gotcha. Okay. They might have been seamstresses for yes. Jesus. Seamstresses, which you might recall from our Portland episode, yeah. is um, how they, uh, how. Uh, Sex workers slang for prostitutes. Yeah, but it's how they actually wrote down their profession. Yes, like yes, they yes, claimed yes. their profession as seamstresses mm-hmm. because um, you could go into any bar and a woman would ask you if she could take care of your pants. <laughs> oh <laughs> which, man! Which of course in the laundry industry is code for. Let's do it. I uh, I like that so much. Um, <laughs> uh, um, well, in New Orleans at this time, I mean, it still is a port city, but this was their major industry right now was French it was mostly like French naval officers and yeah and you're shooting down uh you're basically coming from um the Great Lakes to uh the Mississippi yes so you've got uh, a lot of a lot of movement up and down the Mississippi and so you've got body characters 
Right. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Going up and down that river. There's all kinds of skeezy things happening oh, yeah. <laughs> all around. So it's not a very nice place. In the giant slave trade, it is not a nice place. No, it's not a nice place. But it's but but it but it's very beautiful now and the music is great. It's lovely. I love it there. Still very hot and gross. Um <laughs> and buggy. But but you're having so much fun but, you forget about it but sometimes. But no more dysentery or typhoid, so <laughs> right. But what, what what's fascinating about this to me is that this is the early 18th century, and these nuns are uh, doing some very progressive things. Like they're getting these like girls... Like sex work. Like sex... They're, tra- <laughs> they're training these girls on how to advance their careers. <laughs> um, careers. <laughs> no, but they started the School of Music. For sure. And they're doing things like that. Um, and, and they're also welcoming in um, other ethnicities as well. Yeah. Um, I should I shouldn't shit on it so much. I'm just no, playing, no, I'm just totally playing right. around because 250 years ago the idea of uh, of uh, women working on the careers is a little bit funny. No, no, no. You're totally right. But <laughs> I will say this: they um, the first pharmacist was an Ursuline woman um, to graduate from their school. Her name was Sister Frances Xavier, um, or come from this group. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, established an orphanage and one of the first hospitals in New Orleans. They treated malaria and yellow fever in the slave population. So they were kind of all over the place there. Um, in 1734, their first building was erected, but it didn't withstand the tropical weather. <laughs> they were using just French, like, French trees. Right, just blew down. <laughs> they, had to go, they had to go local. Yeah. <laughs> Zut alone, right. another building has to come to the tropical They're just weather. taking, like, palm fronds yeah. and, like, <laughs> pasting those with mud. That is, that is, to me, though, so interesting. I, I, I love all the New World stories mm-hmm. where, um, whether it's the British or the French or the Spanish, that they're, they're and we, you know, making buildings that do not apply to the new climate that yeah. they're in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It really, really is the story of the 1700s. Right. Well, it's all like trial and error. Yeah. Everything is just yeah. Um, so the the next building was completed in in 1752 and is cited as being one of the oldest buildings in New Orleans. Um, the nuns moved out in the 1820s and moved to goodbye. Fa- we're going Faubourg Treme, and turned over the convent to the Archbishop of New Orleans. They outgrew it. Yeah. They went to Treme after... They went to Treme. Um, So in the building, the diocese ran a boys' school until 1827. The building was then leased to the city, who ran a school there until 1831. One thing that really is always really interesting to me is, like, the turnover of these buildings, especially, like, with the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. and how they, like, erect these ridiculous buildings, and then they're like... We don't need this anymore. We're going to move over here. And I would love to know, like, the thought process behind this, especially, like, during this time Mm -hmm. where it's, like, is sprawl happening so quickly? Are they building so fast that they're not – they're outgrowing it or they're recognizing they need to be in a different location? Um, And I did obviously did not do that research. But I'm curious about that because I feel like this is common during this time. It is interesting. I mean, all through Europe, like – there was uh, church lands, right? And so I think the so pre-revolutionary war. So revolutionary war is 1776. Constitution is 1789, and then the uh, Lewis and Clark expeditions around like 1804. Mm-hmm. And so 
there's a lot of idea for the the Catholic Church, the French Catholic Church down in New Orleans of let's claim some of these <coughs> lands, let's right. make some legacy lands for the Catholic Church. Right. Um, so I don't know that they were really outgrowing the space. I, I, here's and no disrespect to Catholics, but something about the church is that they like to acquire property and land. Right. So, But you can say that about it, many churches, Scientology. Oh God, well, not that Scientology is a religion, but anyway. I say it about all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, literally all of them. Yeah. So That's the thing. I have no problem saying it, email me. No, we stand by this. <laughs> JK, don't email me. <laughs> Far too many people have emailed me and it sucks. <laughs> it's usually to tell me I'm a bad person. <laughs> Sorry. I just like I'm doing that as shrug emoji. Yeah. That's just how I respond to things now. That's true. Um, I'm not great. Yeah, I mean, if you think that us saying this is like such a terrible thing, maybe you're not paying attention to other things that are happening in the world. Um. Anyway, uh, so, okay, so they leased the building to the city, and then um, then it became home to the Louisiana legislature for three years. Um, in 1845, the diocese built an adjacent church, originally named Our Lady of Victoria, um, but then became known as St. Mary's Italian Church, hmm. due to it housing so many Italian immigrants. Um, and then in the early 20s... 20- I'm sure they said it so respectfully... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think otherwise? Yeah. Um, in the early 20th century, the parish opened a school. Um, in 17, 1976, it underwent renovation after the school had been closed for a long period of time, and now it is a historical attraction. Um, so it's a it's basically a museum. Hmm. Uh, you can you can go and pay your fee to walk through walk the grounds it looks like a really nice place it is currently closed right now until i think until they get rid of the hauntings the, yeah that's got to be it okay um it's closed until i i just saw on their website until like it's closed early until it's october ghost free <laughs> right <laughs> they're doing some exorcisms everything's fine yeah um go on a tuesday it's Again, it's allegedly the oldest surviving building in the French Quarter, and it's known as the quote-unquote treasure of the archdiocese. Mm. Yeah, in archdiocese circle, they they rarely say such a thing. Yeah. So for them to announce it's the treasure, it must... It's something. Yeah. Um, it the, the building survived <clears throat> some pretty intense uh, times, so it survived the Great Fire of yeah. 1788. Um so, some believe that the sisters and nuns kept the convent from burning down because of their prayers. Okay. Uh, it survived the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. You get more evidence for the power of prayer. Right. That anecdote. Right. I Did we see them praying? <laughs> did we see, like, a force field come down from the heavens to I protect? Mean, if you see is a problem, if you can't believe it, then, it, then you lack... <laughs> You lack the lack. core principle of faith. I'm not doing it right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. That's on you. Don't blame anyone else. You know, I, I have too many other things to worry about. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, uh, it survived the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. Um, Ajax. He's coming back. He's We can't get away from him. Uh, Ajax, of course, alludes to Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. One of the worst presidents of the United States, but hot as hell. 
He had he, and a bigamist and a total bigamist, <laughs> total. But he loved his wife. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did actually because she was the one who she yeah she was the one who made them bigamists. She did. She did. She was married when he married her. Yes, um, but she then left that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. But she uh, you would too. Right. I mean, for that hair. Andrew Jackson had the hermitage. He did. The giant plantation that was... <clears throat> he was a farmer, but he sucked. He was a farmer? Fuck no, he wasn't a farmer. He was a plantation. He was a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> if you asked him anything about farming, I really wonder if he could answer. <laughs> He'd be like, <laughs> go ask old Tom over there. He'll tell you all about it. He was a terrible person. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Andrew Jackson keeps coming back mm-hmm. when we tell these From stories. The dead, he's a ghost. He keeps coming back into these stories, and I'm not even trying at no. this point. So... I'm wondering if he's some form of necromancer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to start that theory. Yeah. I'm going to start that. Because um, people love Andrew Jackson conspiracy theories. Yeah. That's... Um, <laughs> we thought about that as a podcast idea. <laughs> Still might do it. Yeah. Um, so, the Battle of New Orleans in 1815, um, the, uh, they saw the smoke from six miles away and the nuns converted the school room, the school room into a makeshift hospital and prayed all night. Still unconfirmed that that actually happened. Um, some believe their prayers is what caused Jackson to defeat, defeat the British. Okay. It went from saving the building to defeating an entire army. Yeah. And as a debt of gratitude. Also, um, he did not have to engage in the Battle of New Orleans. That was a, uh, a, weird, a weird battle. Yeah. Be- oh. It, yeah, it was anyway. It was a weird battle. It, it was a totally unnecessary military quote quote achievement. That's your personal opinion. No, that's like <laughs> listen. Personal opinion is that nuns kept the British at bay by praying. <laughs> Real opinion is the Battle of New Orleans was an unnecessary uh, yeah an unnecessary battle. I mean, the United States happened to win it, but right. it wasn't right. Well, as a debt of gratitude. Um, Ajax went to the Ursulines and thanked them for their support, which is the only president to visit the grounds. Oh. Um, so <clears throat> now we're going to shift. So that's kind of the history of our friends, um, the nun- Ursuline nuns in their convent. Um, we're going to shift now to my favorite part yeah. of the story, the casket girls. Yeah. Um, you're familiar with them as well? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what this is. This is great. So... As we were I talking just like about the title Casket Girls. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the unreleased Tori Amos album that I always wanted. Um oh, our mail is being delivered at the ghost studio. Mm-hmm. Um so Ooh, another another uh Fangoria for me. Yeah. There's there it is. <laughs> I knew I paid for two subscriptions. <laughs> Thank you. Um so remember so remember when um we were talking about how New Orleans was a port city, and it was full of um, f- the French Navy. Mm-hmm. So uh, the King of France, again, decided that he needed to marry off his naval officers, and that this this is the nice way of putting it, that um, his officers needed female companionship. Yeah. <laughs> is really... <laughs> That's my favorite thing about history, how cute it makes everything. But yes, so, so he needed to quote-unquote marry them off. He needed to marry them off. Uh, so... In 1704, um, girls were sent to Mobile first to marry French settlers. Um, I love this. They arrived on a ship called Pelican, 
Mm. It was a merchant ship. So those girls were known as Pelican Girls. So <laughs> can you imagine, like, God, your men are so awful. Basically They're being sold so off. So awful. Yeah, it's like, and well, then they denigrate you for for giving them exactly what they want for right. you, and then like they have the audacity to like. Basically, like, put you on a ship, take you to another country, and quote-unquote marry you off, and then they don't have the class to call you anything other than a pelican girl. Pelican girl. Fuck you. Yeah, it's so (laughs) insulting. It's so insulting. Well, and they're also sending them to, like, as you said, these hot, Hot, swampy, humid, buggy places outside of their fine, you know, homes in the French countryside or wherever they're living. I doubt doubt highly that they were. Well, but they... So, but, but, so... The story goes that the the king and um, the bishop like handpicked these girls, and they had to follow fall under Ew, certain requirements. Handpicked, yeah. They had to have certain requirements. It's like Hugh Hefner. Yeah, it's like hearing a terrible story. About it's like... terrible. This is terrible. So Pelican oh. girls to Mobile in 1704. In 1719, um, a group of girls were sent to Biloxi, and then, which at the time was actually the capital of. Louisiana, um, and then in 1728 they went to New Orleans. So these girls were on a boat for six months. We should say really fast that Louisiana, in case in case there's any like map thought process you're having, it's the Louisiana Territory. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of things that are referenced. Like so you might be like Mobile, that's Alabama, but right, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. The Louisiana, yeah, the Louisiana Territory. That's from a Matthew Matthew Broderick movie. Um, <laughs> You're right. The Loxy Blues. Uh, so in 1728, they went to New Orleans. They were on, and like I said, they were handpicked by the Bishop of Quebec on order of the French king and intended to be a good match and marry the French colonists. So um, these girls are on this boat for six months. What? Why did it take so long? I don't know. That's crazy. Six. Well, I think That's because far too they long. had to they had to go down the Atlantic and then they had to probably like scoot up and get on some kind of tran- they had to transfer at some point, right? No, dude. It should take like I don't know. That that's far too long. They must have made some stops or stopped in the Caribbean or who knows. But they were six months. Yeah, is so insane. They're stuck on this boat for six months. They're like malnourished. Yeah, they're um, they all that hand picking gone away. They're losing <laughs> teeth and they're getting rickets. Yeah, <laughs> like the fuck. They're they're not, they're malnourished. They the thought is that they were um, living under under the boat basically or yeah. below deck. Um, so they are completely pale because they haven't really had any sun. And then they get to New Orleans and their skin starts to like redden and blister right away because oh my God. they haven't seen sun for days. This is human trafficking. And yeah. I hate that contextually we're now like thinking that these slaves were ugly. Like that's right. awful. So they're like, of course they were looking crazy. They were kidnapped and they, there's no reason to be on the Atlantic ocean for six months. It really should take like three to four weeks at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. It's, I mean, you could circumnavigate like, you could go all the way around. That's sorry. I'm not finishing my sentences because I'm so mad right it's now. It's outrageous to keep them in captivity on the ocean for that long. Yeah. is insane. It's outrageous. It's terrible. And so these poor girls arrive, and they're supposed to be these great beauties, and they're just like 
I'm, I'm sure they're just like so sickly and just in such bad shape. Yeah. And um, they're scared. They're in a foreign land. They don't know anything. They're away from their families. They're probably, I think they ranged in ages from 12 to 18. Probably. So they're young women. Um, well, girls. They're girls. Yeah. Okay. They're girls. <laughs> Um, so then, so they carried these casket-shaped chests uh, that carried all of their belongings, um, which were known as, or called, uh, Phyllis a la Cassette. Um, so that was, so it was not outside of the norm for people to carry these kind of cases, but the big thing that people have taken away from it now is that they're casket-shaped. So huh. we'll get to that. Um, until their marriages, they were uh, to be kept under the care of the Ursuline nuns. Um, See what? So they Boo. so they went to the convent because, you know, the way the story is told is that they were supposed to kind of be there and, and these men were supposed to woo them. And it was supposed to be kind of like going through the formalities of courting. But the reality was that they were marrying these women off to they were forcing them into unwanted marriages. Yeah. Um, where they were mistreated, they were abused, they were assaulted, all of the things. Um, but some went unwed because they were considered to be undesirable because of their appearance. Uh-huh. And then, of course, then they were forced into prostitution because they had no means of living. It's just, it's just... I'm sorry, as if the first part wasn't prostitution. So the king then demanded that the girls return to France. What? Yeah. Because After- they weren't performing in the way that they were supposed to. So then they ended up... Was he going to kill them when they went back to France? No, I think he just wanted them back. Why? Be- to be- I, don't, I don't know, actually. It's uh, such a weird thing to invest in bringing back... Right. Quote, unquote, girls who were not good enough for human trafficking. Right. It doesn't financially make any sense. So I believe only the women who were unwed yeah. went back. But, but that's insane as well. That's what I'm saying. It's like... Right. They were they were too undesirable for your prostitution ring and so now you want them back in France. It's it's yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not so, yelling at you. I'm yelling at history. Oh, it's I not know. It's your fault. I'm mad at, I'm mad <laughs> at history <laughs> too. Your fault. Well, here's where things start to get interesting. Oh, they weren't. <laughs> Tune in. At, here's where you're going to like in at minute 42 for something interesting. <laughs> here's where you're going to start to start to like these girls even though this is all um Based on mythology. Uh, so the sisters... I liked them already. The, the sisters had uh, taken the casket-shaped chests to the third floor of the convent, where the windows and doors were sealed shut. When they returned to retrieve them, when the girls were to be sent back, they were empty, and all of the items could not be found. Hmm. So there's this huge mystery around it. So, of course... This then starts to stir up all of these ideas about these girls. So here come these girls that um, are pale. The sun causes their skin to blister. Um, they're carrying these casket-shaped uh, boxes. So they're vampires. They're vampires. So everybody starts calling them vampires. and Or the thought is that they were carrying vampires in the cases, and the ah. vampires came out. Um, so now everybody is like afraid of them too. So the doors on, and uh, the doors are bolted shut on the third floor, and this is again like 
I'm not, this is all basically mythology, so we don't know the truth behind this. But it's said that the nails that shut the windows to the shutters are blessed, were blessed by the Pope. So, <laughs> all kinds of stupid things. Here's um, the thing. Can I tell you this? I think that that's true. I, and I, I do I, think it's true. Here's I, what I want to tell you about uh, why I think that's true is um, at that time period, the Pope did, not that he does it now, I don't, I don't, I don't follow right. him as closely, very strange things like that yeah. all the time. Yeah. The amount of shit that the Pope's blessed is <coughs> so, crazy. Well, and I mean, how many things were just probably like given to him and it's like, bless this, bless this, say bless prayer Bless these nails, bless right. this, bless it. Well, by the way, I'm sure everything uh, came with a price. Yeah, of course. Bless these nails for 10 bucks. Okay. Of course. So, um, the shut the like, amount of ships the Pope was blessing at that time too. Oh yeah, so many so many vessels. Right. So <laughs> blessed by the Pope. So the shutter, you know, in the French Quarter. For those of you who have been to the French Quarter in New Orleans, most of the the houses and the architecture there have those shutters on the outside oh. of the buildings, and the shutters are intended to keep the cool air in and to keep the sun out. So that's kind of the purpose of it is to kind of maintain the temperature in the building. Heating and cooling system. Yeah. And so New Orleans, we love you. You're uncomfortably hot. So hot. So hot. When I was there, you it was like from temperate France and you're going to you're going to find some innovative healing and cooling systems. God, it was yeah. When I was there, you know like when you sweat at the top of your head sure. and it just feels just awful. That's like the whole time I was there. That's all I did. I was like, why am I here in the summer? You get that, uh, you get that, uh, just below your eye, uh, shimmer. Yeah, that's it. It's a shimmer. <laughs> get I get the these shimmer. beads on my nose. It's so gross. Um, <laughs> no, well, you in warm weather do not. It's not for me. Yeah. It's not. I had to go to Miami recently in the summer. Like, ugh, just miserable. Um, so, so the reality is that these shutters are always closed because it's a cooling system, but... The theory but it's probably is, because they're vampires. Is because the vamp they were trying to lock the vampires. And then they came in. out at night, yeah. Yeah, so they're saying that mm. they're locking the vampires in, and they'll never be out. So they've bolted the doors, they've shuttered the windows. The end, and that's kind of like the story. So since then, of course, paranormal investigators are all over it. So, Which ones? Um, Do you have a list? I don't, actually. Did your main squeeze uh, Zach Baggins? Fuck you, Zach Baggins. Uh, he's been there, I'm sure. Sure. Without a doubt. Um, sorry, Zach Baggins. Um, yeah, that was... It was a little... I, I'm sorry. Well, it's my thing that I say to him, because... Yeah. Come on, guy. Uh, Megan, hey, friend listen. of the show, big fan of the Baggins. Yeah. I, I so I should like be nicer to him. A little fear of... Uh, my, my big target today has been the Pope. You, your big target is Zach Baggins. I, yeah. Here's what I'm saying. I need to go down to like D-list ghost celebrities <laughs> because I think I might have damned myself. Who's the Who's the psychic that we like with all the turquoise? Oh my god, I, I love him. I love Chip him. Chip Coffee. Chip Coffee. Oh man, I love that guy. I just wanted to give him a shout out because he's wonderful. Um, <laughs> we should go over. We should go after the paranormal state guy because that guy is the worst. Yeah, I would pick him as the Ryan. worst over Baggins. Yeah, although he the the only excuse I will give to him is he was basically 
he was a child when he started that show. So yeah. he was in college. And so yeah. I think he engaged in a lot of, I mean, I'm glad I didn't have a ghost show when I was in college is what I'm trying to say. It would have been very discouraging. Yeah. Um, but later on, he got a little, because remember he used to do like really weird shit and then he got normal and he came out as bisexual. Oh yeah, yeah. And kind of, I think he's like recovering from being like just a small-minded twat. Yeah. Can okay. I say small-minded twat? I think you can. All right. It's our show. Hopefully, I don't hopefully think a we're deviation under... from my Pope bashing rule. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're under any FCC regulation. Okay. Um, okay. So, in 1978, two paranormal investigators went to investigate the vampire claim. Yeah. Um, they stayed outside of the building, so they were kicked off the grounds. So they basically just like stayed right outside of the the grounds, and eventually fell asleep while they slept. The shutters opened and closed shut. Um, <laughs> And then the next morning, the bodies of the investigators were found, their bodies torn open and drained of blood. What? Wait, slow down. I was so busy about to make fun of them. I had no idea. Wait. This story is unconfirmed. (laughs) I I shouldn't say that. Paranormal investigators went and they were gutted? Yes. They were eviscerated. Eviscerated, yes. An An unconfirmed evisceration story. Yes. My God. I know. It's good, right? Woo. I like it. Um, I mean, I don't like death that they died, but if it's... I mean, Fangoria would tell us otherwise. <laughs> no, I'll... <laughs> I like it in cinema. There... Um... <laughs> so, um, unconfirmed that this actually happened, or the names of who these two paranormal investigators are. <laughs> Why but do we a... know the names of these heroes, these <laughs> fallen slain heroes? But it's a fun story, right? It is a very fun story. Um, so uh, some other ghost things that have happened. Uh, people say that they see some of the nuns in the windows on occasion. Yeah. Um, and the big thing is that um, you can hear sounds of children playing in the courtyard. Oh. So it's a lot of residual. I it's the it's terrifying. Uh, the joy from children. Yeah, (laughs) out of context, it is so terrifying. Two a.m. in a darkened school when you hear the sound of like the cacophony of children's voices. Around the road. Yeah, boo on that. Yeah. My kid does that sometimes, and she thinks it's so funny. It's not. And I'm like, I wish you could hear yourself. I'm going to record this and play it back to you in 20 years, and it's still going to be spooky. You're a master negotiator <laughs> to, to give a, to give a child a twenty year. You know what? <laughs> I've been thinking about starting another con, another podcast called Parenting with Schmidt. Um, <laughs> I think. I mean, we're all surviving. It's fine. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, uh, uh, rather than the twenty year plan, you might want to come up with some short term <laughs> consequences. <laughs> it's a long game. For yeah, me. okay, long game. <laughs> just working out the long term trauma. <laughs> So, but that's like a common thing that people hear when they're on tours or they're just walking by. They'll hear children Jesus. playing in the courtyard. Um, it's uh, also believed that shortly after the casket girls arrived, death rates doubled, which also led to the vampire legend. I wonder if they had six months on the water is, is far too long i wonder if there was like a smallpox on there or some quarantine yeah. rationale because i understand what, what we often hear from folklore and especially from like ghost stories is 
death rates rose because of something. Right. I have no doubt that the death rate death rates rose. I wonder even if it is possible that these women did cause it, but yeah. it probably was caused by Contagions something and, very s- severe yeah. that they had. Uh, there was a horrible thing that happened all the time during this time period is that people from Europe would, would show up and decimate mm-hmm. uh, entire cities and, right. and, and towns of people with their uh, crazy diseases. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do see that there could be... A correlation there. Yeah. Not causation, but a correlation. Right. Correlation. Or they're vampires. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But Simply put. I buried the lead. They murdered everybody with their vampire teeth. <laughs> Duh. And their lust, Their thirst for blood. Yeah. Um, well, and, and uh, Anne Rice and her stories obviously yeah. have um, added to this as well, and it's made the story more popular as well and kind of advanced the legend. Yeah. One time when I was in New Orleans, I took... Uh, oh, my sister and I took a vampire tour. Cool. Yeah, I thought it would be. I made her go, and uh-huh. it sucked. Really? So bad. Oh, that sucks. But I mean, New Orleans is amazing, so just walking around town is, is great. But the, the tour guy had literally nothing, nothing to say except for uh, talking about, like, where Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt uh, ate. Come on. While they were filming Interview with a Vampire. Uh, and I was like, this is... So this is such a weird oh, tour. Like there was no content except for, you know, Tom Cruise had a hurricane here. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise drinking hurricanes. He's just like us. I mean, this just in. <laughs> just like us. Um, the other thing that happens is again the shutters on the third floor open and close in the middle of the night. That also could just be them airing out the space. Or vampires. Or vampires. Probably vampires. Probably vampires. That's how they escape at night, through the third floor. Well, and here's the thing about vampires. They they take the trouble to hide during the day, and most of their behaviors are an attempt to be clandestine. Right. uh, Except for the nights where they just bang open (laughs) and shut (laughs) the shutters extremely loudly so the neighbors understand that they are supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And they're just jerks. Yeah, just <laughs> they're just noisy asshole. Bad neighbors. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so also, I hope no one kills us for being vampires. Shutter, close, shutter, open, shutter, close, shutter, open. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You want to come here and fight me? I'll rip your neck out. Um, you know, it would have been easy though. You just don't invite them in. Just don't invite them in. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of public area, though, in, in New Orleans. There's plenty of public area. So there's going to be like a cat and mouse thing going on yeah. for a while. <laughs> and according um, to Interview with the Vampire, um, that's where Tom Cruise had a hurricane. Yeah. Sorry, that's as far as the tour went. I and didn't one of those learn fancy anything. Places. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know Was it at Port of Call? Is that where he had the hurricane? Uh, I want to say... It was or what's the famous the hurricane? The Oyster... Something O'Brien's. Yeah, I'm trying to. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my it's okay. head. I've, I've like the core's light is taking some brain power. <laughs> I've, I've got a headache just thinking about hurricanes right now. Actually, yeah. I feel like I'm already hungover. Um, also, now that I think about it, I, I don't even believe for a second that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, America's biggest weirdo. That's right. Uh, just <laughs> normally drinking a hurricane someplace on Bourbon Street. It he, makes no sense. He would never. He wouldn't. There's too he many would, calories. He would never put that sugar in his yeah, body. The, 
Not a chance. Anyway, I, Brad I, I Pitt, all, of, all about it. I feel so annoyed <laughs> that the only thing I learned on the vampire tour, in retrospect, is probably not correct. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming after you, tour guide. Yeah. Vampire tours. That's so disappointing. It really is. There's so much, like rich history there There is we could have stayed in jackson square all night and just watched vampire stories instead yeah malarkey Ugh, what a bummer um so ursuline convent you can go there except not right now (laughs) (laughs) i believe that i i don't have the dates i think they're reopening in the beginning of october um but yeah you can go on a museum tour there you can check it out the grounds are really beautiful um Check it out. Uh, there's a very strong chance that you will not be haunted, but you might hear some children laughing, Ugh. which is just terrible. Yeah. I wish if somebody, like, just kind of walked in right now and just heard us saying that... Um, it makes us sound terrible, doesn't Children it? laughing is terrible. Yeah, I really... <laughs> like, get that totally should, out of context. We, yeah, right? But, yeah, we should always add on to the end without context <laughs> like if, if you're actually walking by an active school and you hear that noise you're like that's nice right if, if it's like you know 10 p.m in a graveyard and you're hearing children laughing like no ma'am <laughs> no no it's just not. no that's when you need to leave yeah you go you go also be very careful of uh the nocturnal population in cemeteries yeah yeah the yeah. raccoons here in Chicago will get you. They'll get you good. Yeah. I got locked in a cemetery, and when the cops... Yeah, that's right. When the cops came, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, alerted me to the fact that Rose Hill Cemetery uh, is filled to the gills with uh, raccoons. Raccoons. They're mean in the city, too. Um, I grew up, as, as you know, uh, in a, the country, and we had raccoons. I had an uncle who actually had raccoons as pets. And they're really fun, and they're very mischievous, um, and they were like normal size raccoons. But if you see raccoons in the city, they're giant. They're giant. They're terrifying, they're boys. and they're mean because they're eating all of our junk here. Yeah. And it's like fast food and takeout, and you know, it's lots of noodles and ramen because um, that's what people in the city eat. Um, <laughs> noodles and ramen. Noodles and ramen. Sure. Sushi. Um, the fancy takeout. I could go for some ramen. That sounds good. Um, (laughs) Aspirationally naming foods that you liked. Like really hungry. Um, But they're like, I remember the first, when I first moved here and the first time I saw a a raccoon and I was like, that's not normal. Like that is not what a raccoon should look like. They're giant. Uh, One other thing about cemeteries at night, not that anyone asks, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, Filled to the brim with bats. Oh, yeah. One of the things to yeah. uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, is bats cause rabies. They don't cause rabies. They have rabies and they give it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many people like uh, think it's a very cute thing to go to graveyards and golf courses at night. Yeah. Those are two places, the, <laughs> two of the most likely places for you to uh, get rabies. Well, is... because they're big open areas and they're out there eating all those bugs. Yep. And so it, it's not actually a spooky thing. It's completely... Um, following the laws of ecology <laughs> and it makes sense but yeah if you if you get bitten, big bat populations yeah just put that there yeah they're well and if they get like they fly down because they they can't see they fly down and like it's happened to me a lot like um as a kid where all of a sudden a bat comes down and kind of like touches the top of your head because it doesn't know that you're there i can't it's awful i have such an irrational awful. fear of uh bats in my hair 
It's. I don't know actually know if it's pretty, irrational because I've had two bat incidences. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And so I guess it's it's a fairly rational. Here's what I'll say: a bat has never fully gotten caught in my hair, but man, it's a, a, like they've always like touched the top of my head, yeah. and it's like, nope, I don't want to be there, but I don't like it. Yeah, I lived in a house in college that had a uh, had bats. Yeah, and stuck I in like mean, the attic. Terrifying. Or they're like stuck in the walls. Yeah. They have a, like, nest in there. I had a Once friend who was... sat in the hallway with a box over my head for an hour <laughs> because there was a bat. Oh, thank God. It's like that scene in The Great Outdoors with John Candy with, like, the... the tennis racket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the broom. I haven't thought about that movie uh, forever. It's a good movie. All, All right. right. We want to wrap this uh, yeah. ish? All yeah. right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to High Spirits. Um, our episode today has, brought to, has been brought to you by uh, Coors Light. And Velvet Moon. Mm-hmm. Cabernet. Get yeah. it at your uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, Noelle has one. Oh, I'm Jay Segman. This is Noelle Schmidt. Yep. And she has one. <laughs> yeah, we remember how to do this. Uh, Noelle has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams.